Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. 30 teams start the NBA season. And most of them fail. Most of them fail at the goal that they are trying to achieve, except for Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> they, they have completed their mission, I tell you what. Um, probably five to six teams out of those teams have real championship aspirations. I'm not talking about fan bases. Like, Laker fans have title hopes every single year. But we knew, real people within the Lakers organization knew, titles are not coming this year. No matter how trash they are, there's a sobering feeling within the actual organizations themselves. I'm talking about discussions in preseason. I'm talking about locker rooms. I'm talking about breaking down film, talks between players, free agency, coaching changes. Like, there are people who know, like, starting of the season, after summer league, after summer uh, training camp, they know, like, we've kind of got something. We might mess around and really do something here. This year, I think it was the Bucks, the Suns, the Nets, the Heat. For them, the Warriors and the Sixers. I don't think anyone, including Dallas, in the preseason believed they could end up going to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think they thought we're in the conversation for a chip. They hadn't even gotten out of the first round with Luka yet. And with the first-year head coach in Boston, there is a reason this team was 40-1 to to win it all before the season began, right? So now we have our final set. On one side, we have the Warriors, who have recaptured what a lot of people, especially their annoying fan base, predicted. Um, They got fully healthy, and they got back to their greatness. I almost just threw up my mouth. And the other, a mediocre team that make no sense, uh, the roster was janky as didn't think it would work ever. A team that many felt needed to be uh, broken up for parts. A team built for disappointment. And in fact, they did disapp- disappoint for most of the season. They came together, though, and became the most dominant team in the Eastern Conference for most of the second half of the season. So pretty big turnaround, as we said in last episode. A tale of two teams, one desperately trying to recapture the old glory like a college quarterback coming back from injury. Will Rico Jameson return back? I just made that name up. Return back for Blue Mountain State. Great show. To show their fans we are not delusional, our championship aspirations are real. We went into the luxury tax for a reason. This banners. And the other, an angry, cantankerous fan base with the most amount of banners under their belt. But we haven't seen one since the KG era, and it was only one. They act like they've won more than four titles since the ABA-NBA merger, but they have not. Secretly, they know it's hard to win a chip in this era. 
So I think we got a we got a dogfight on our hands, folks. We got Boston versus Golden State. We got Tatum versus Steph. And I'm gonna say something very uh, sounding hyperbolic. This is a generational defense, a generational defense versus a transformational offense that changed the game of basketball and how it's played forever. So you're going to say, Tristan, do not be hyperbolic. The Celtics have good defense, but generational defense? I'm not being hyperbolic, folks. Like, this is the most interesting part of a chess match for a reason. Celtics defense versus the Warriors offense, this is where it clashes. This is where the goes down. In those trenches is where the series will get one. I promise you. So, let's bring it on. Let's bring it on, folks. Let's take a look at both teams, talk a little about them, and what it's going to take for them to win the title. Let's start with Boston. When you talk Celtics, you're talking about their defense. Of course you know you've got Tatum. Of course you know you've got Brown. They've been able to get buckets on ISO forever, and it hasn't worked. They're, they're changed their op, they're, they've changed their, their roster around lockdown, smash mouth, smothering, switch everything, defense. Forbes Magazine, because I do a little reading myself, broke down their defensive run in the playoffs this year. Are you sitting down? Sit down if you're listening to this and you're standing up. Sit down. Ho, sit down. Because I nearly fell to the floor when I read this. Boston's half-court production doesn't just stack up well with great modern defenses. It actually is off the charts, ranking first in relative defensive rating since 2004. Through 18 playoff games, the Celtics have upheld opponents to just 86.8 points per 100 half-court possessions. Their run to the finals is not built on just great defense. It's built on historically great defense. 86.8 points per 100 half-court possessions. Are you serious? What? That's like 44 bu- 43 buckets. Excuse me. Holy shit. Better than the 2017 Warriors, folks. Yes. Who many consider to be the greatest team ever assembled. And they are a distant second defensively. Yes. Yes, it's true. In this playoffs, the Celtics swept the Nets, as as we know, despite the fact that Brooklyn shot 54.7% from two and 42.2% from three. How, Sway? How? How's that possible? Well, they make the Nets and made the Nets turn the ball over on 16.1% of their offensive possessions. Swipe, swipe. That's ours. We're running out in transition, getting buckets. How did they stop Giannis? Well, they, they almost did it. But what they did do was they made the Bucks turn the ball over 14% of the time. Shitload. What about the Heat? Jimmy Butler, as we know, almost single-handedly ended the Celtics' run just based on his own greatness alone and some bad uh, decision-making by Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, which could be their Achilles heel, but we'll get to that in another time. How did the Celtics win? They made Miami turn the ball over 14% of the time. So, to recap, the defensive pressure that this Boston team puts on star players, we are talking about Durant, Kyrie, Giannis, Drew, 
Butler, Tyler Hero, guys who are professional bucket getters who were turning the ball over like crazy. And what we also know about this opponent, I had to look this up, and it was shocking. We all know that what Golden State does well is this free-flowing motion, Picasso-like, maybe even more like Jackson Pollock, just everywhere all the time, splashes. The thing that the thing that is the Achilles heel of something so creative, something so chaotic, is turnovers. Lots of them. How many, you might ask? How does Golden State rank in the NBA in terms of turning the ball over? Are they are they like bottom third? No. It's worse than that. Are they twenty second? No, it's worse than that. They're 29th, folks, 29th out of 30 at turning the ball over. Think to yourself, who would be the one team in the NBA that could turn the ball over more than the Golden State Warriors? Just tick-tock, tick-tock. You know it's Houston. You know it's Jalen Green. You know it's Kevin Porter Jr. He throws the ball around more erratically and chaotically than he does bowls of soup at his former teammates. That's what they do. Couple of young bloods just crisscrossing, trying to vibe out, getting buckets, turning the ball over like crazy. Golden State, back to them, they turned the ball over in the regular season 15 times per game. Uh-uh, no, no, that's not going to work here, folks. No, no. So in some ways, this is a feather in Boston's cap, right? I think that's the one way, the one thing that they can see when they're in their little meetings right now. I don't want to mean to diminish it, but like they're in their little meetings right now and they've got to be looking at that like that's the thing we need to zero in on. That's what Memphis did really well. Got Golden State to turn the ball over, got out into transition, got huge leads, and then tried to milk the clock out as much as possible for the rest of the game. Let's break down how their defense works, and how they want to run it on somebody like Golden State because the challenges are immense. So the Celtics built their te- defense uh, in a way, according to Ime Udoka, in a way to, to like lull an offense to sleep just in time for them to say, okay, we're going to get this opposing team to be comfortable and complacent And then as soon as they think that they've got us and our defense figured out, like, hmm, this isn't such a historic defense, then that's when they turn the beat around, folks. They turn the heat up. The flames start to pop up in their their mouth. And that's, that's what Boston, I don't even know what that means. Boston will have to be extremely disciplined, though, on Golden State in order to do this because not only do they have very specific defensive schemes, they're going to need to change those defensive schemes on Golden State like multiple times in one possession. You're talking about totally different mentalities on defense changing and meshing in one possession just based on what Golden State does. That is a challenge. The communication is going to need to be there. The discipline is going to be needing to be there. And every single player, every role that you have, you need to be locked in on your assignment and how that assignment changes as Golden State does their Jackson Pollock thing. Because like when you are trying to defend Jackson Pollock, I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You've got this 
constant free motion offense, a million tiny little wrinkles inside, dribble handoffs, fake dribble handoffs, back cut, fake actions, shooters that pull up from anywhere. If you try to go underneath the screen, it's night-night, sleep mask for you. If you try to go over the screen, you're on their backside. They pull up like like somebody who's on the freeway tapping their brakes. You collide, now they're at the free throw line. Excuse me, this is a challenge. Even for a legendary defense, they're going to need to be locked in. The Warriors set what feel like constant screens. I watched an eight-second clip where there was three screens on the perimeter that looked like it was dumping off the ball to Draymond Green only to get Steph Curry free for a corner three. Just can't even notice how many they run. It's just boom, 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 boom. So what you need to do? is you need to either lull Golden State into this arrogance, that's what Memphis did, carelessness, recklessness, and then capitalize on those mistakes, whether that's their bad shot selection, which they have the propensity to do, because, again, they're vibing, they're creating, they're just painting out there. You know what I mean? And then also make them turn the ball over. Limit them also to just one possession. If they have those careless careless threes, bad shots, you cannot let Kavon Looney get an offensive rebound and then start the possession all over again. They got a new canvas, and now you're tired, and you're disheartened, and your ego's diminished, and you're like, God damn, I got to do this for 48 minutes? Sheesh. And then Chase Center's going crazy. Ah, Steph, MVP. You're like, I can't read the assignment. No, you get one possession. Get out into transition. Run, run, run. And then on offense, When you get the ball back off of a make, be extremely slow, methodical. Like Just run your offense. Make sure you get a good shot. If not a good shot, probably a great shot. Make sure that those guys like Grant Williams and Derek White and especially Marcus Smart are locked in and know we're not taking bad shots tonight, folks, because that turns into 15 extra points for Golden State. Also, Wear their best offensive players out. Wear Golden State's best offensive players out on defense. Be very physical. Try your damnedest from stopping them from getting out into transition and creating this deluge, a waterfall of threes. And I think the thing that's interesting for Boston offensively is that they're much bigger and stronger than Golden State is, right? That's not necessarily going to be a feather in their cap defensively because Golden State... I think we'll have ways to mitigate that. But offensively, I think this is a strength for them. They should use their strength, their athleticism, their size to either pull up over smaller defenders like Jordan Poole and, and nullify him. Like you, you need to figure out a way to dampen the Golden State offense by taking offensive players just completely off the floor. Like if you can go at Jordan Poole and make him get into foul trouble, make him take bad shots out of frustration, make him basically unplayable, now you've got a guy who can put up 30 who's now on the f-ing bench and another guy like Otto Porter who averages like four. Okay, so then now we're starting to play with, now we're cooking with gas. Now we're cooking with gas. So they should attack Poole as much as possible, the same way that they did Luka, and isolate him. Make Steve Kerr make hard decisions. Make him his ass play less minutes. Shane Young from Forbes broke down the biggest problem for Boston and why I think Golden State will win, which is just gross for me to say. This is what he wrote. 
Golden State's offensive flow, prowess, and pure intelligence are on vastly different levels than Milwaukee and Miami. The film session is now dedicated to a sharp shooting phenom, one that never gets tired, doesn't even need the ball to tear your defense to shreds, and already has 28 finals games under his belt. No other player, no other player has seen more defensive coverages than Steph Curry. Boston won't give him anything new to figure out. But they will be the most physical, aggressive, and switchable defense that he's ever faced in a series. And I think that's true. Much better team than any of those Cleveland Cavaliers squads. Much better team than the Toronto Raptors, even with Kawhi Leonard. This is the problem that very few teams have solved. And Boston needs to figure this out uh, very quickly. Or this might be night-night before you know it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.